Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. While you remain standing, would you turn with me to Daniel chapter 2? read two verses of scripture Daniel chapter 2 and verse 20 Daniel 2 20 blessed be the name of God forever and ever for wisdom and might are his and he changes the times and the seasons he removes kings and he raises kings up amen I want to preach on this subject, the king of all kings. The king, isn't that a beautiful slide? I love that. The king of all kings. You know, kings throughout history have ruled over monarchies. And a monarchy is a system of government in which there's only one ruler whose power is unlimited. An absolute monarchy is where the king answers to no one, not a parliament, not a senate, and not to any other governing body. And there have been countless, over the, over the last uh, hundreds and thousands of years, there have been countless kings and Caesars and czars, potentates and dictators throughout uh, uh, man's history that have ruled and reigned in absolute monarchies. And in 2021, today as we sit here, There are still, out of you know, there's 195 countries on the face of the earth right now, and there are still uh, almost, uh, there's about about eight or nine that are still countries, absolute monarchies. They're still there. Amen. Uh, Ecclesiastes 8.4 said, Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say to him, what are you doing? See, the king... And an absolute monarchy was the final word in that kingdom. What he said was going to be, and there was no question in it. We, we, we hear about the Caesars back in the times of the Roman Empire. They, they, they had uh, they, the famous thumbs up or thumbs down. And when the, when the Caesar was thumbs up, that person lived. When the Caesar put his thumb down, that person didn't live. And so uh, that's an absolute monarchy. And and there was no questioning his word. His word, his commands, and his decrees were absolute. His word was the law of the land. And so uh, as we approach Christmas Day here in 2021, I think back to the time of Jesus' birth. And the king that ruled the then known world was Caesar Augustus of the Roman Empire. Rome was the power of the known world. And the famous Christmas story that we all hear quoted, uh, you know, the Charlie Brown Christmas little cartoon, it's quoted by Linus, it's famous, it comes from Luke chapter 2, and the very first verse in Luke chapter 2 is not the most exciting part of that story, but it goes without saying, amen, we just kind of brush by that part. And we get to the exciting part of the story about the shepherds and the manger and, and Mary and Joseph and Jesus born in the manger and, 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 uh, and all kinds of things going on and the angels singing and stuff. Amen. But this first verse goes with what I'm talking about this morning. 
Amen. That we have a king over all kings. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 2 verse 1. It came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And usually you, you think that that verse, you don't really pay much attention to that verse, but that verse has so much significance in the story, amen, not only of uh, what's going on, the fulfillment of the word of God, but also letting us know that the king of all kings, amen, uh, he guides and he, he, when he wants to, he makes other kings do what he wants, amen. See, a decree is an order, it's a directive, it's a command, it's a requirement, it's a law, and uh, at the time of this decree, Joseph and Mary were living in a town called Nazareth in the little area of Galilee, which was in the greater area of Judea, and Mary was in the very last stages of pregnancy of her first, of her first child, and they had every intention of having that baby in their hometown of Nazareth. There was no reason for them not to. In fact, they probably were staying close to home to make sure that every, all the preparations were ready, the midwives and whatever they did back then, it was all ready to go when the time came. But you see, if they would have had that child in Nazareth, Amen. It would not been, have been the will of God, and it would not have fulfilled the word of God and the prophecy of God. The prophecy was given over 700 years before that time, amen, before this decree was ever given, which foretold exactly where the Messiah would be born. And it wasn't Nazareth. Micah chapter 5, verse 2, that very prophecy that I just cited, but thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. You see, until this decree was given, it, was, it would have been unthinkable. It would have been just crazy for anyone to, to, to say that Mary would be in Bethlehem for her birth. Amen at this stage in her pregnancy. And I'm sure her and Joseph, amen, were ready for that joyous occasion right there in Nazareth. However, the decree came coincidentally, and that's why I'm preaching, there's no coincidence with God. The decree came at that particular time, amen. It required everybody to travel to the town they were born in and pay their taxes. It was not optional. And it was given at a specific time, and it had a specific window of time that you had to be there to pay. Mary's husband, Joseph, just by chance, guess where he was born? He was born in Bethlehem. Amen. He was a direct descendant of King David. Amen. And that little town of Bethlehem, it was the smallest of many towns, but it was a significant town because David, it was, uh, that was called the city of David. Now, this journey that they would have to undertake from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It wasn't around the corner, folks. Amen. And I know that Joseph began to worry probably about this. It concerned him, for even under the best circumstances, it would have been a rough trip. But now he's got to take his wife, who is right 
close to having a baby. Amen. I wonder if he was thinking to himself, Joseph, man, this decree could not have come at a worse time. Why would Caesar do this right now? And you know, sometimes in our lives, we think when things happen to us, amen, that's got to be bad timing. That's got to be a setback or an imposition, but it really boils down to this very well could be the perfect will of God. You never know. That's why we got to follow the Lord because all things work together for good to them that love God. The distance between Nazareth and Bethlehem is 70 miles, 7-0 as the crow flies. But the, but the road that you have to travel is closer to 90 miles. Amen. And uh, because of Mary's condition, normally they might have been able to get 15 or 20 miles a day, but they couldn't go that fast with her in that condition. So they probably only went about 10 miles a day. It took them at least nine days to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Amen. And they would have to have brought enough provisions to survive that trip. Food, water, extra clothes, even camping gear, whatever it took. Amen. To stay you know, each night before they had to get up and get going again. And there were many hazards on this trip. There were rough, hilly terrain, adverse weather conditions. They had, uh, they had thieves and bandits on the roads, uh, wild animals, uh, amen, and whatever else. But they finally arrived in Bethlehem just to discover that all the inns, amen, all the Motel 6s were filled. Praise God. There was no place for them to stay. And then some, some kind person, amen, said, well, the only thing I have that will be at least somewhat warm is the stable out back of the inn here. You can stay there tonight. And so, amen, Mary and Joseph went there and they cleaned out that manger, which was basically the manger was where uh, the, the cows ate their, their grass. They cleaned it out and they put fresh grass in there and put that blanket down. Amen. And that night, amen, God was manifest in flesh. Amen. He was born. Praise God. So this day in the city of David was born Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And of course, we know the rest is history that changed the course of history. Amen. But this begs the question, why did Caesar Augustus make the decree at that particular time? If somebody even dared to ask Caesar that, they might not see the next day, the sunrise the next morning. Because decisions of the king are not questioned. But I mean, I, I want you to know today, however, if he thought in his mind or if somebody close to him said, hey, just curious, why did you make it right now? He said, because I wanted to. Amen. And yes, sir. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God put it in Caesar Augustus' south. Yeah, he was the ruler of the then known world, but there was a ruler greater than him, amen, that told him, put it in his mind, do it now, and do it right away. I've got prophecy to be fulfilled. How do I know that? Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and like rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Praise God. Caesar Augustus, amen, thought it was all him. But God said, no, Micah 5, 2 has to be fulfilled. Praise God. The Messiah must be born in Bethlehem. 
Praise the Lord. You see, God's will will be done and His word will come to pass no matter what. Why? Because He's the King of all kings. He's not just another king. He's not, not just another God. There might be lords many and gods many, but unto us there's only one God and Jesus Christ is His name. Praise God. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy 1.17 Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 I want to praise the King of Kings this morning. I want to lift up the King of Kings. I want to try to give him his rightful place in our lives, in our hearts. Amen. Psalm 72, 11 said, Yea, all kings shall fall down before him, and all nations shall serve him. Amen. We see kings throughout the Old Testament time that were very powerful, and yet God had his way. Amen. When he wanted to. We talk about Pharaoh, all the Pharaohs of Egypt. They were powerful kings. Egypt was a powerful monarchy back in the days of Moses and before. Amen. But when it came time for God to deliver his people after 400 years of Egyptian bondage, amen, he sent to Moses and Aaron and said, let my people go. And so Moses and Aaron, two men, amen, stood before this great king of Pharaoh, amen, and throughout the next, amen, days and weeks, Ten plagues, amen, changed Pharaoh's mind. A parting of a Red Sea wiped out Pharaoh and his army, amen. And the king of all kings triumphed once again over other kings. Amen. He's the king of all kings. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, he was the king of the known world at the time. Babylon was the world power at the time that the nation of Israel was taken, Judea was taken captive. Amen. And we read that he took the three Hebrew children and he took, put the, tried to put them in the fiery furnace because they would not bow to the statue that he had erected to himself. Amen. And when they wouldn't bow because they kept their faith in God, when they were thrown in that fiery furnace, a fourth person showed up in the furnace and it looked like the Son of God. Amen. And so let me tell you something right now. It doesn't matter, Nebuchadnezzar, if you think you're going to wipe out the people of God because he's the king of all kings and he He's going to save his people. Praise God. And then a little bit later on, that same King Nebuchadnezzar stood out on the, on the high floor of his palace balcony and he looked over and he said, look at the kingdom which I have built. Bad mistake. And the king of all kings said, oh, you built it, huh? You think you did all this? Nope, I'm allowing you to be the king. And now you're not going to be the king for seven years. In fact, you're going to go over there and your mind's going to go crazy and you're going to go eat grass like an ox and you're gonna, your fingernails and toenails are going to grow and you're going to be out there and they're going to say, where's the king? He's out there eating grass like he was yesterday. But you know what God did? God didn't allow some other prince or some other guy in there to, 
to pull a coup while the king was indisposed because he was just teaching him a lesson. Amen. It was a seven-year lesson. And then as God's word come forth, he, he brought him back. And at seven years, he got his mind back. He went in and got a, a manny and a petty. Amen. And he got all cleaned up and got a good haircut. Praise God and a shave. And the God allowed his throne stayed open for him. And he sat back on the throne. And then you know what he said? He said, I give all the glory to the God of heaven for who I am. Because he's the king of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. Amen. And no flesh should glory in his presence. All the glory goes to God. Amen. And King Nebuchadnezzar died and passed away. And later on, many years later, his grandson, Belshazzar, he became king of Babylon. And... Uh, he was having a big party one night and him and his buddies were all and all the people were all getting drunk and having a party and all the going inside the palace. And he somehow remembered that many years ago, his grandpa, who had who had taken the Israelites captive, said that there were many special instruments and cups and all kinds of things that they took out of this temple in Jerusalem. And he said, bring those out. Bad move. And they were, he was, they were all drinking wine and all kinds of stuff in these holy, uh, in, these holy cups and stuff that were used in God's temple in Jerusalem. Amen. And all of a sudden, when they, in the middle of the party, a hand just popped out of nowhere. And I'm talking about a hand not connected to an arm, not connected to a shoulder, not connected to the rest of the body. It was a hand that just popped out and it started writing on the wall. And that, that's where you get all kinds of, uh, all the sayings, a lot of sayings in this world. Hey, I see the handwriting on the wall. That's from Daniel, the book of Daniel. And this hand was writing on the wall and nothing. It was a floating hand. And nobody could interpret what it, was say, what it said on that wall. And then Nebuchadnezzar's widow, the queen mother, grandmother, was still alive. And she said, hey, to Belshazzar, you call the old prophet Daniel and he'll tell you what that means. And he came in and he read it and he said, God has weighed you in the balances and you have not measured up. So tonight he's taking your kingdom away from you and giving it to another. And that very night, what they didn't know what, during the big party that the Medes and the Persian army was already sneaking into Babylon to take it over. And they took it over that night, and Babylon was defeated because the king of all kings said, you don't do that with my holy instruments. You don't play light with my holy things. Amen. Because he's the king of all kings. Amen. He sets one up, and he takes one down. That's why I, I, I want to stay, I, I'm, I'm going to be w with the right king. Amen. I'm going to stick with the king with all capital letters. I'm going to stick with the Lord of glory. Amen. Because I know that when everything settles and, and every, all the dust settles and everything, uh, you know, comes to, to the, when it's all said and done, Jesus is going to be still on the throne. I'm going to stay with him. Hallelujah. You know, Herod the Great, he was called the king of the Jews. 
He ruled in Galilee, the province of Judea where Nazareth was. Uh, and so he actually reported to Augustus Caesar, but he was in his own right a king of a smaller province uh, in that area. And so when the wise men came to him and said, hey, where's the king of the Jews at? We heard he was just born and stuff. Well, the king of the Jews, Herod, didn't like someone else saying, where's the king of the Jews? I'm right here. What are you talking about? Amen. And so he was not happy about that. But God, the, the king of all kings, said, this Herod is not going to thwart my will. He's not going to take my my." My son out to, that was just born, amen, not too long ago, praise God. And he warned the wise men, and he talked to them, and there was dreams given to Joseph, because the king of all kings, amen, said that this other king was not going to mess with the business of the work of God, praise God, amen. Even to the place that Joseph was told, don't go back to Nazareth, because they seek for your life, King Herod does. You go to Egypt for a short time. And then I'll tell you, and then we're, an angel showed up a, a little bit later. I don't know how long ago, uh, long it was. Amen. And it was told that, hey, King Herod has died. You can safely come back to Nazareth now because the king of all kings, amen, he runs the affairs of this world. Amen. He has the final say. And yes, I know that things happen in this world and, and these kings are doing whatever they want sometimes. But when God wants his will to be fulfilled and God wants to use one of these kings for his business, they cannot withstand, amen, his power. Amen. Daniel 2.21, he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. The Messiah was prophesied to be born the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9.6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And the Prince of Peace became known as the king of the Jews. As I said, the wise men referred to him as the king of the Jews. He was just a baby, but they refer to him as rightfully as the king of the Jews. And during the triumphal entry of Jesus to Jerusalem, we call it Palm Sunday, the week before Easter, amen, when he rode on a donkey, amen, and all the people put palm branches and threw their clothes almost like a red carpet riding into Jerusalem, amen, and they all cried out with a loud voice, Luke 19, 38, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Thank you, Lord. The Roman governor Pilate, when Jesus finally was arrested and brought before Pilate before his crucifixion, he called him the king of the Jews. In fact, he had an inscription written on a little sign that was put up on the cross above the head of Jesus. And it said, this is the king of the Jews. Amen. Praise God. He was born a king. He died a king and was buried a king. And we need to understand this morning, the manger is empty, the cross is empty, and most importantly, the tomb is empty. Praise God. Because we've got a risen Savior and all power is given to Him in heaven and in earth. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He sits on the throne of heaven 
and earth is his footstool. He reigns forevermore as almighty king of all kings. 1 Timothy 6.15, which in times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Revelation 17.14, these shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. Amen. In Revelation 19.16, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Would you stand this morning? I said all that to say this. It doesn't matter who the king is at any given time on this earth. And I'm talking about whatever country, whatever situation. It doesn't matter who's in charge or who thinks they're in charge. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and like a river, he turns it whichever way he wants when he wants. There's one who has much more power than any power on this earth. He is the king of all kings, and he's calling the shots, folks. His name is Jesus. So I say this morning. I say this morning, let's put our whole faith in our king. Let's put our whole trust in our king. Let's put our whole hope in our King. He will see us through. And we will overcome and be victorious through Him. And I close with these two verses from Jesus in the Gospel of John. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 16, 33, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. I am the king of all kings, he said. I've overcome. You stay with me. You'll have peace. You'll have peace. Because he's the prince of peace and the king of all kings. Oh, thank God. Thank God. I just want to exalt him this morning as the king of all kings. I just want to praise his wonderful name. Thank you, Jesus. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.